Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Defense! Defense! All the hard work, let's go! College football today. Back on College Football Today, brought to you by BetDSI, Joe Lisi, and Rich Sermonello. 12 o'clock kicks are just underway. We'll keep you updated on those as the hour progresses. Head on over to DailyRoto.com, the site that has produced $7 million winners, and click on Go Premium. There you will gain access to a line optimizer that will help you compose your daily fantasy rosters on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Not only has DailyRoto.com produced 7 millionaires, that's right, 7 millionaires, but it has produced millions more in winnings for its subscribers. And if it's sports wagering you're into, click into the new sports betting tab where you'll be able to use the same tools and algorithms that's produced all the winnings for money line picks, picks against the spread, game totals, player props, where you can capitalize player performances on without having to worry about uh, salary caps. That's dailyroto.com and click Go Premium. That's dailyroto.com and click Go Premium, the industry website where millionaires are made literally each and every day at dailyroto.com. I want to be a millionaire. I what would, what would you do a with a million? I know. I was going to start so, singing. Well, I'll tell you what. Nobody wants me to not, sing. Not to joke, okay? Who won last week? Akron? Head coach Terry Bowden, right? Yes. Okay, 21 and a half point underdogs, yeah. right? BYU, a double-digit 22-point underdog, correct? That was a shocker. Right? Yeah. Somebody else won as a, as a major underdog. Uh, I, I, not off the top of my head, another 20-point winner. Think hard. Uh, I got to think. Well, anyway... There were like four 20-point underdogs. And if you took the $100 parlay, okay, with two favorites, all right, it paid, Rich, guess how much? $928,000. Are you serious? I kid you not. Oh, my God. So it was a 16 parlay. They had Akron. They had BYU. They had another double. I can't think of it off the top of my head. With two small favorites, a three-point. And that five or 16 parlay. On $100 in Vegas or here in New Jersey. Uh, was that a real ticket? Somebody? No, no, nobody had it. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. But if you were, if you played the yeah, upsets yeah. on the money line last wow. week, nine hundred and twenty-eight thousand. That's a great. That's so a great. That's a great. It can, it can happen. Yeah. With very little risk in terms of if you want to hundred bucks, hundred bucks. Yeah. So it, it's not every day that that happens. That but BYU. They, they, that, that's right. That, the but then again, you could turn a hundred dollars into a million. So it shouldn't yeah, happen so every day. It, <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to be a millionaire as well. We'll talk about this matchup: Kyler Murray, Oklahoma at home to face Army. Iowa State pushed them to the limit, but a gutty 10-point road win over Ames. They avenged that 38-31 loss in Norman last year. They now face a triple option offense that knocked off Hawaii last week in West Point. Now go on the road. 
I think it's the speed of Oklahoma here. I, I look for Oklahoma to dominate this matchup. You look at Army's secondary, giving up 250 passing yards per game. They haven't faced a dual-threat quarterback in terms of Kyler Murray. Cole McDonald's good, but he's no Kyler Murray in terms of athleticism. I think Oklahoma rolls and covers this number later today. And Kyler Murray is actually a millionaire, but that's courtesy yeah, of well, the Oakland A's. Yes, true. Right? He was a first-round draft choice, uh, Major League Baseball. Yeah, Oklahoma's rolling right now. It's a good week to be an Oklahoma fan. You got Baker Mayfield leading Cleveland to its first victory in the past couple of years. You got Kyler Murray playing well. Uh, they've adjusted well in the first week without Rodney Anderson in the backfield. I agree. Too much speed, too much size. Uh, Army could try to slow the game down. They're going to be down 14 points early, and then what does Army do without a passing yeah, attack? Yeah, that's the – I mean, although Army, if you want to play the over, maybe Army averaging 140 passing yards per game, which is very untypical for that offense. So if you can get some – In dog years, that's like 600 that, yards that's passing like, that's for like Army. That's like Texas Tech yeah. right now for, for yes, Army. exactly. That's, uh, that's like Texas Tech. So that check that game out. Not, not a best bet by uh, Rich and I, no. but – we both like Oklahoma in that matchup. SEC East battle between Florida and Tennessee. Very critical battle. 7 o'clock tonight. You look at this matchup. Florida did get the victory on a Hail Mary. 26-20. Uh, to 20. Felipe Frank, 63-yard pass. Unbelievable. Florida's won 9 of the last 10, Rich. Now they go on the road. This is a must-win game for Jeremy Pruitt and Tennessee to turn around the optimism. This was a team in Tennessee last year. 0-8 in SEC play under Butch Jones and lost those eight games by 20.6 points per game. Not happening in Knoxville today. I think it, I think Florida gets a 10-point win. Yeah, I agree. I, I think this is one of my better bets of the is day. Really, uh, uh, not a best bet. I'm yeah, going to say better, better bet. Better, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like Florida at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah I do. I, I think the defensive line of the Gators versus an offensive line yeah. of Tennessee. Listen, I because I liked Tennessee last week, I, I actually was subjected to watching the Volunteers against UTEP. I which can't was believe a, you watched that game. I know. <laughs> I, 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 pick I, it, it I, I pick it. I watch it I like know. it matters. Oh. I mean, so I had Tennessee lost that game. They were given 31, 24 to nothing. But at the line of scrimmage, Tennessee struggled against UTEP. Yeah. A kid named Mike Soda, interior lineman for the Miners, was consistently in the Tennessee backfield. And when I started to see that, I said, Florida next week, with all of those linemen that they have, Jabari Zuniga, uh, Polite up front, they have speed and size. I think they'll dominate Tennessee at the point of attack. I think they'll cause problems for Jarek Garantano, who is an average college quarterback average. at this point. Um, I like Florida. I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not in love with Florida because of the problems they have at quarterback, Joe, Felipe Franks. You know, but in terms of pressure, you mentioned big game for Jeremy Pruitt. I think it's bigger for Dan Mullen. Did I, you really? Yeah, because Dan Mullen has higher expectations into this going into this season. Tennessee's in a complete rebuild, in my opinion. I, I agree Florida, with that. some people were saying, hey, watch out for the Gators. So I think there's more pressure on Mullen to get this win in Knoxville. Now, I was wrong. I, I had UTEP. Somebody asked me the night before about UTEP. I said I would take the 30 and a half. Not a best bet of mine last week, but I was dead wrong on Florida. I thought Colorado State would give them some issues. Now, Colorado State missed two field goals and had two turnovers in the first half that led to 12 points. They got blown out in the second half, 48-10. to 10. The one thing I like about Florida is that they're creating turnovers, plus five in turnover margin. And you mentioned Garantano. In my opinion, yes, he's completing 72% of his passes. He's more athletic, but I still think Jeremy Pruitt needs to go with graduate transfer Keller Christ 
and this offense. He's a more experienced quarterback in bigger games. This is a big game for Tennessee. Now, he's turned around the defense, Rich. 23% third down conversion defense last year. They were at 45%, but they're going to need to run the football better, like you mentioned, and that's going to be a concern because they cannot be put into long third down situations. And I think the speed of Florida as well. I think when you look at Florida under Jim McElwain, maybe not living up to expectations, he's still recruited, in my opinion, better than Butch Jones. Yeah, and that win against Colorado State was important. Florida needed to wash the memory of yeah. Kentucky out of their minds. They bounced back, got a big victory. The big problem for me is Tennessee's offense is horrible. Uh, Florida's defense is still good. Despite the fact that this team has struggled in September, the defense still has size and speed outstanding in the secondary. I don't think Tennessee will complete many passes in this game. So, you know, I, I, Tennessee has a longer way to go when it comes to rebuilding. That's why I like Florida in this matchup. Uh, I think they win. I think they win by 10 plus. I, I think something to consider, too, is the under. I, I don't think Tennessee's going to score many it. points. You really want it. Uh, just because it's, it's... You don't think they'll be scoring, do I you? Don't, I don't, but the, I can... A lot never, of field goals. This is a field goal game. I agree with that. I agree with that, but it, weird things happen in these rivalry games. You know that as well as anybody. I mean, you were left for dead last year uh, if you're Florida, and somehow... You got the Hail Mary. You got the Hail Mary. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I just don't have... I have more faith in Florida scoring points right. than I do in Tennessee, but that doesn't mean Tennessee can't get blown out in this matchup I it wouldn't shock me I mean again you have a 23 17 Florida what do you think yeah would it shock you if, it, if it's 35 yeah that would actually yeah. see that oh yeah the only the only way it gets into 35 in my opinion Joe which could happen special teams and defensive Maybe. touchdowns neither team has a ton yeah. of playmakers both quarterbacks I are know. mediocre and both teams are better defensively than offensively so could it go over yes but I think if it does it's going to be wacky you mentioned plays. special teams block punt for a touchdown Florida yeah. punt return for a touchdown Florida last yeah. week against Colorado State well, and, I watched that and game. that could happen I watched that game on my on my phone. See, you watch that because you <laughs> I, had Colorado State. That's why right. I watched Tennessee I, I Utah. Like, you know, they nailed the 53 yard field goal at the half. I'm like, I got a shot. Yeah. You know, I have a shot. And next thing you know, it's good karma. You know, <laughs> punt return <laughs> and a field goal blocked everything. It was horrible. But we'll turn our attention to a huge Big Ten battle later today. Paul Christ in Wisconsin on the road to face Iowa. They blew out Iowa last year, uh, last week, last year, excuse me, in Camp Randall, got a double digit win over Nathan Stanley and the crew. They now go to Iowa City. It's a night game. This is an Iowa team that's only giving up eight points per game. Three total touchdowns. I've been all over Iowa this year. They don't have a lot of big names, but they do have the better quarterback in Nathan Stanley. I think they get a 10 point, a 10 to 13 point win over Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin was looking ahead. I don't think, I, I, I just don't, I'm not sold on Wisconsin here in this spot. Yeah, Wisconsin has really disappointed me. That was one of my playoff picks. And, and really, in all three, they haven't covered a game so yeah. far this year. Besides a loss to BYU, they have. At least for betters, they have struggled against yeah. the likes of New Mexico. So Wisconsin hasn't played up to its potential. I'm going with the Badgers, and I'm going to give you a reason why, okay? I'm going to give you a number. I want everybody to listen up. This is my favorite number of the weekend. Is this your favorite bet? Of the weekend? No, no, right. it's not my favorite bet. Right. It's too close of a game. I mean, <laughs> Iowa's defense is fantastic, by the way. So this is going to be a tough game for Jonathan Taylor. A lot is going to hinge on, on the quarterbacks. You mentioned Stanley, Alex Hornibrook. Some horrible passes yes. against BYU. So he's got to wake up in Iowa City at Kinnick Stadium at night. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be a great game. Yeah. This will be one of my favorite games to watch because this is old school football. Lots going to hinge on the running games and the defenses. Torin Young for Iowa, Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin. But listen to this, folks. Paul Christ, 
Wisconsin head coach has eight losses, okay, as the Wisconsin head coaches. The last seven losses, do you know what his record against the spread is the week after a loss? Seven. Seven and, and, and oh. oh. He has covered. His Badgers have covered every week following a loss. They lost last week against BYU. I think Wisconsin wakes up and guts out a gritty victory at Iowa and continues to be the Big Ten West leader. Well, they have to because they haven't played well in September. Yeah, I mean, here's the matchup that I look at. When, I, when these teams played last year, Alex Hornibrook was in a rhythm. That offensive line was in a rhythm. They're running the football, but they're not working off a of play action yeah. the way they did last year. And I think they missed Fumagalli, their tight end. I, I think they're missing Quintez Cephas, too, who, is, yeah, who has been suspended. Danny Davis was just reinstated right. last week. So that receiving core and the fact that they haven't been at full strength, that could be affecting Hornibrook. Yeah, I agree with you. So I, here's the thing as well. When you look at this matchup on the road, now Hornibrook passed for about 595 yards. He has thrown two picks, completed around 63% of his passes. But I look at the front seven of Iowa. No Josie Jewell. No Josh Jackson in that secondary. This defense is only giving up 42 rushing yards per game. And they've played some solid. This wasn't a, a week out of conference. Iowa State, Northern Illinois is pretty good. I and agree. Both of those offenses like to run the football. Mm -hmm. So from a physicality perspective, they've been up to snuff, in my opinion. And at home with a hot quarterback, Nathan Stanley could be one of the most underrated Big Ten quarterbacks. Hasn't I mean, played well, though, Joe. He yeah, really hasn't played I well. Know. I don't know if it's the lack of big play receivers. I think Akron Wiley, too. The, his loss in the short intermediate passing. Yeah, I mean, he liked, to, he liked to use him as a safety valve, screens, yeah. little dump-offs. But Stanley, so far this year, if you look at his numbers, he's having a difficult time completing passes downfield. And I think that continues against the Wisconsin defense, which is underrated. Right. Now, one thing to keep in mind, Andrew Van Ginkle, the best pass rusher for Wisconsin may not play in this game. So so Stanley might have a little more time in this matchup. But just to echo your point about the Iowa defense, I tell you, Kirk Ferentz does a great job with that D. They do not get four- and five-star players. A.J. Epinesa, the defensive end aside, he was a four-star player. But that defense is number two in the country defensively. They have a dozen sacks with a bunch of players that a lot of folks don't know about. So that defense is gritty and tough. And I think this is going to be a really fun, entertaining, backroom-type brawl this evening in uh, Iowa City. Yeah, and here's the thing, too, that when you look at Iowa when they made the Big Ten championship game to face Michigan State a few years ago, they had a trio of backs. They had Akron Wadley, they had Jordan Kanzari, and they had LaShawn Daniels. That they had fresh legs in the ballgame at each and every moment. You look at this year, they have Sargent, they have Torin Young, they have Kelly Morton that complement each other in certain aspects and they have the similar type of running styles that that group had a few years ago so it's not one big name that we're hearing about it's more of a, a tailback by committee but that offensive line is opening up holes yeah. i mean sutton smith was neutralized in that ball game iowa state was neutralized defensively and they and, and, and against at. sutton smith they weren't even at full strength no right there were, there were two alaric jackson and tristan Wirfs were both out starters, of that game yeah right? so now they're at full strength Strength. These are two similar teams, in my opinion. Both want to run the ball. Both are strong defensively, very stout in terms of stopping the run. Wisconsin, to me, is a mystery. Yeah. I did not see that coming last week against BYU. BYU is a schizophrenic team, yes. not very consistent. And Wisconsin just could not close the deal. Yeah. End, ended by a field goal attempt to send it into overtime, which was missed. So Wisconsin, this is a huge game. If Iowa wins this game, 
They move into the driver's yeah. seat in the West, which you talked about in the offseason. It's a big game for you because you yeah, talked about Iowa winning the West. Well, I, here's the thing, too, when I look at Wisconsin. You brought up BYU. Uh, schizophrenic for the most part. Tanner Mangum in that offense. S- Sataki called a great game plan. But these were older kids. I mean, they go on missions, so they're talking about 24, 25, 26-year-old kids. Did Wisconsin get beat up in that ballgame? A, l- a little oh, bit. Yeah. You know, did they get yeah. beat up and now face a, a more physical uh, team here again in back-to-back weeks in Iowa? Here's the thing as well, too, and you, we mentioned Wisconsin. From a schedule perspective, 72-79 and 79 overall from their FBS opponents. This marks the first of five road games within the conference. They don't pick this one up. It's an uphill battle. They still have to go at Michigan, at Penn State. It's a tough schedule. They have to go at Purdue, which it, that could be their bowl game sure. by the time that comes. And at Northwestern. Never easy. Never easy. Never easy. So, I mean, you need to win this game if you're a I can't wait, Joe. I cannot wait. This is going to be a fun game. Sit back tonight. Get a little something to drink. Yeah, we'll see. I like the over, but when we come back, we'll be breaking down the later games as well. Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, live from Studio 34. Keep it where it is. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back on College Football Today, brought to you by BetDSI, Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, going through all the top 25 battles along with our best bets for the day. BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. Using promo code FNTSY, that's FNTSY, BetDSI is offering up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. So use promo code FNTSY and try BetDSI.com. That's BetDSI.com, promo code FNTSY. Head on over and start winning today. Couple of updates on some early games. Georgia gets a fumble return for a touchdown, up seven nothing. Rutgers up three nothing on Buffalo as six and a half point favorites. Michigan up seven nothing on Nebraska and driving again. Wake four and six on the uh, Notre Dame twenty, attempting a field goal. And we didn't talk about this game. Ohio up seven nothing on Cincinnati and Luke Fickle. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, Ohio benching Nathan Rourke. Early in the season. I told, I told you that yeah. there's something going on there. 
Well, I, I, I love that Canadian kid. I no, mean, but he's, there's something going on because he's he the prototypical him. Mac quarterback. Week, yeah, you know, he real... started last week. He did. Okay. All right. But, but no, but there's there's a lot going on yeah. there in terms of uh, he's quick to, to pull the hook. I mean, he had one bad quarter. Based on last season, that's a surprise it, to me. He kid was played a really player well. of the year. He was a, he was a DFS gem last yeah, year. Yeah, he was. He was. We're go- we'll get into some DFS uh, as well. Purdue up seven to nothing on BC. BC does have the Interesting. ball. On the Purdue 34, third and six. A couple of other games that uh, we're being asked about. UNLV and Arkansas State. Arkansas State covered that number last week. They got the road win over Tulsa and now face a gutty UNLV team. They're laying around seven and a half, down to seven in some places. I like UNLV with the points here. I think the speed of Lexington Thomas, Armani Rogers on the perimeter. We know Arkansas State, blue-collar team, physical offense and defense. Blake Anderson, lines. the head coach, does a consistently yeah. good job. A, a yeah. Fantastic job. But don't key that game against Alabama. I mean, that was Alabama. They it's lost an anomaly. Yeah. yeah, you can't judge anybody yeah, against but I Alabama. Think this, I think this is a great matchup for UNLV. They match up pretty well. I think they can run and pass on Arkansas State. I think it'll be a high-scoring game in that ball game. We'd love to see Tony Sanchez get a bowl shot, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, they, they had an opportunity last year. Yeah. We're, in a, we're in a position and lost late. Uh, and, and He's worked season. hard there in Vegas. Uh, a guy who coached at Bishop Gorman, the big you know football powerhouse in Las Vegas. I'd love to see him get a postseason Yeah, definitely, game. definitely. We'll turn our attention to the Michigan State-Indiana game, another Big Ten battle. It's uh, Mark D'Antonio with a week off facing uh, an upstart, Tom Allen in Indiana. I mean, this is a team that's undefeated, has an opportunity to really knock off uh, one of the elite teams within the conference over the last four or five years. Michigan State's won four of the last five over Indiana, Rich, by 21.7 points per game. This is a tough game to handicap because I I would want to take Indiana and and Peyton Ramsey here, but I can't do it. Have to take Sparty with the week off in preparation. I mean, they're still only allowing 34 rushing yards to opposing offenses. Uh, number one in the country yeah. against the run. That's a big factor. We talked a couple of weeks ago about Indiana. Their uh, depth in the in the backfield is being thinned out by injuries. You mentioned Peyton Ramsey. He's been accurate, Joe, but he's dinking and dunking. Yeah. And I think you need to do more downfield passing. you got to make some connections, stretch out that Michigan State defense. The Indiana offense is not equipped to do that. My thinking on this game, and I don't love it because I, it's, a yeah. t- it's a tough game. I agree with you. It's a tough one to handicap, but... Michigan State got its mulligan out against Arizona State, a game they could have won out in the desert. They lost it. Now they had a chance to regroup. They had a week off. You got Brian Lewerke on offense, under center. You got LJ Scott in the backfield. Indiana's giving up almost five yards a carry, 4.8 yards a carry. So the run defense has been soft for Tom Allen. I think this is Michigan State's opportunity on the road, tough spot in Bloomington to get back on track and say, listen, settle down. We're still a top 25 team, and now we're going to prove it. So I like Michigan State. Don't love them because Indiana's scrappy, but I'll take the Spartans here. Here's the one concern I have for Michigan State in terms of offensive breakdown over the first two games. They're only averaging 114 rushing yards per game with LJ Scott. I thought they would wear down Arizona State. They didn't. They're averaging 300 passing yards per game with Lewerke. Now, granted, those wide receivers are fantastic and can stretch Indiana vertically. But the problem, Rich, is Indiana's given up 187 rushing yards per game. The secondary is the strength of Indiana, giving up only 137 passing yards to opposing quarterbacks. So it's flip-flop. Now, I like Michigan State just from the handicapping perspective, but I don't really love this game yeah. in any capacity. I could see 
Indiana striking the outside, as well as they're undefeated. They're playing within conference. The only benefit is the week off of preparation for yeah, this. Which is a big deal, too, because you also have the coaching edge. Yes. Mark D'Antonio versus Tom Allen. Now, Tom Allen has done a nice job, former defensive coordinator in Indiana. So far, has done a good job. But this is a bit of a mismatch in terms of coaching, especially when D'Antonio and his staff have had two weeks to prepare for Indiana. That secondary has really done a nice job for the Hoosiers. I mean, I've been very impressed. Marcelino Ball yeah. came back from an injury, was out all of last year. He has helped out as a hybrid safety who could defend the run and defend the pass as well so they're doing a good job and listen they'll be fired up in bloomington you don't get a lot of opportunities yeah. basketball school what's going on with basketball schools kentucky beats florida kansas has got a two-game winning streak and we're talking about undefeated indiana all of a sudden the basketball schools are rising up well go back to pepperdine does pepperdine no, have a football team how about gonzaga there's one there's one game in indiana that stands out for me and you talk about is it hickory high back, from the movie the, hoosiers back in the day with bill mallory Back in the day with Bill Mallory yeah. and Thompson at the running back position, they played Iowa at home. Chuck Hartley, back in the day. I mean, those were big games in 1988 yeah. and 1989. This is a big game for them. This is a huge game for oh, them. Oh, you pull an upset and, against one of, the, one of the blue bloods of the Big Ten in Michigan State, and Indiana's off and running. Now, is Michigan State, assuming they win, let's, let's hope they win, you know, because we picked them. But in terms of this, a lot of pressure on Mark D'Antonio now. This was... A you team. can't have two losses in September. Yeah, not mean, not when people were predicting no, you as a dark horse well, candidate saying, to win the right. Big Ten. Yeah, and he has a quarterback. I mean, the one concern when they left Connor Cook two years ago was they didn't have that type of quarterback, a four-year starter, and that's why they struggled 3-9 and nine the following season. They're back to basics, have the type of personnel – but the one thing that I am concerned about is that offensive line. So, so my a- hunch is this. I'll wrap up by saying this. I think you'll see closer to the Michigan State that we expected That's in the offseason than we did see yeah. against Arizona I'd State. Be sh- I'd, be, I'd be slightly shocked if, if Indiana uh, strikes yeah. the upset here. So you know, I think it's a 3.30 kick on Big Ten Network. Check that out. Getting uh, 7.30 about, Big Ten Network. Uh, 7.30, 7.30 Big Ten. Uh, we'll talk about Kansas and Baylor specifically because – I'm high on this team in Baylor. Matt Rule, Charlie Brewer, love it. And, and Puka Williams, who uh, one of the uh, listeners uh, asked about, Chase wants to know, would you start Puka Williams today? I would, man. I got to tell you something. Now, you know I'm a big fan of pro football focus. <sighs> I bring them up a lot. Are you, though? Because last week you were talking, about, pro football you were focus. talking about Montgomery. Pro football focus every well, year. That's on true. The they, they do overstate <laughs> Montgomery, the running back from Iowa State. But number one running back, a cor- number one rated or graded running back, according to pro football focus, is Puka Williams yeah. in the entire country. Kid's a true freshman. So he missed the first game. He was injured in week one, came back in the last two games, and just absolutely tore it up. Yeah. He's averaging, I think, close to eight yards a carry. So against a Baylor defense, which is still kind of soft, this is still an offensively driven team, I would take Puka Williams in this game and expect him to go over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Quick update before we move on. 7-7 uh, Purdue and Boston College. They went right down the field, matriculated. Could be like a shootout. Hank Stram yeah, could be used a to shootout. say back in the day. Buffalo. Up on Rutgers. We didn't talk about it. We're local here in New York, New Jersey. If Rutgers doesn't win this ball game, a lot of pressure here. They need to step up and win this game. Please, Mich- Rutgers. Ask, Mich- just ask to join Mich- the AAC. That's Mich- where you belong. Michigan up 14 nothing on Scott Frost. Rutgers uh, versus Connecticut. Michigan, that defense. Pinning. What is it, 14 nothing? Yeah, 14 nothing. Georgia struggling. Problem. Got the fumble return. 
Missouri misses a field goal. Georgia four and out. Missouri first and ten on their own 45. Notre Dame. No weather issues? Any idea? I can't see right okay. now. It right. doesn't look that way in, in Columbia. Notre Dame and Wake, no score. Uh, Wake again missed a field goal. Now they're up 3 nothing. Kick a field goal. Up 3 nothing on Notre Dame. And Ohio up 7-zip on Cincinnati. Have a, a listener asking about the marquee Pac-12 battle between Stanford and Oregon. Later tonight, it's a, it's a marquee Pac-12 battle. I like Oregon here. Now, you look at Stanford, Rich, last year, 0-5 off, excuse me, 0-5 on the road or on a neutral field site. Those were all five of Stanford's losses last year. They dominated Oregon in Palo Alto. But I think this is a different team with Justin Herbert back. It's going to be an electric atmosphere in Outson Stadium. And more importantly, Stanford, offensive line-wise, not running the football consistently to work off a of play action with their quarterback, K.J. Costello. It's a compelling matchup. Um, I like Stanford. For me, it comes down to coaching, Joe. I, I, I like Mario Cristobal, first-year head coach of Oregon. Last time we saw him on the sidelines, he was he was head, uh, heading Florida International. Yeah. Uh, that was years ago. Had a stop at Alabama for a while. But David Shaw is one of the best coaches in the country. He finally has a quarterback in K.J. Costello. Jamie Heath, I think, touched on K.J. Uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, his wide receiver. They always have good tight ends uh, down on the farm. I, I think this is a game where, where Bryce Love looks a little bit like Bryce Love. We, we haven't seen him. He hasn't been 100%. Sat out last week. Against UC Davis, wise move by David Shaw. I think you start to see glimpses of the the Bryce Love that was ripping off 50-yard touchdowns uh, at least once a game. I think we're going to see that. I love Justin Herbert. Could be a first-round draft choice. Should be a first-round draft choice next year. But when was the last time Oregon really beat a quality opponent? Stanford is battle-tested. Right, they've played San Diego State, physical opponent. They played USC. USC's down, but it's still USC. Right. Now they play Oregon. They're battle tested. Oregon hasn't faced anybody. No, I agree. With so you. I like Stanford. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a walk. I think it'll be a competitive game. But I think the physicality, brute strength, and the defense of Stanford—they've given up one touchdown yeah. pass in three games. I like the Cardinal. Great tonight. point. But here I'm going to rebut that. This is why I like Oregon. One touchdown pass. Christian Chapman from San Diego State, not an elite quarterback. Right. JT Daniels. First pretty road, good, st- though. Yeah, first road yeah. start in conference. I mean, uh, trust me, I picked USC to go to the And then UC I Davis. Like, I got you. I, you know, so I got you. That's the one concern. Here, when you look at Stanford as well, Rich, only 115 rushing yards per game. And their secondary last year, they got challenged by teams that could stretch them, like Oregon. Uh, they, they didn't do it. They got blown out 49-7, to but Herbert was hurt in that matchup when they played that ball game. But TCU challenged that defense. Five opponents last year passed for over 300 on Stanford. They were 1-4 in, in those games and lost those four games by 6.8 points per game. That's the recipe. Now, they're only giving up 196 yards in this ballgame. But if you force K.J. Costello into that type of game and Stanford can't run the football consistently with the offensive line, that could be the recipe. I mean, I'm just saying if you're Oregon, you want to start fast. Mm -hmm. You want to get that home crowd involved. You want to get Justin Herbert into a rhythm. And let's see if K.J. Costello can match a score. I I think Stanford's more equipped than they have been in the past couple of years to handle that type of a game. I mean, if they're able to take Bryce Love out of it. Right. They now have the passing attack, and they have the big receiver in Arcega Whiteside to actually win that type of a game. They're more versatile than we've seen Stanford in recent years. It used to be, you know, if they weren't running the ball, they're going to score 14 points. That's not the case with Stanford this year. I love their secondary. It doesn't get a lot of credit. 
But I do need to see more from the pass rush. You know, last year, Harrison Phillips from the inside was able to get pressure, make plays in the backfield. I'm not sure who that guy is for Stanford this year. You're going to have to be able to put some pressure on Justin Herbert. Uh, anybody who hasn't watched this Oregon team, and you didn't get a chance to see Herbert much last right. year because he missed a lot of the season uh, due to an injury. This is a very, very interesting kid. He's big, he's long, he's mobile outside the pocket, plays a lot like Steven Montez of Colorado. If you haven't seen him, similar type of player, 6'5", 6'6", athletic, good arm, throws with anticipation, and by the way, is a local kid from Eugene. Went to high school right in the general area, so he's a great story. Huge game for Oregon. This is their first opportunity since Chip left Maybe maybe at times with Mark Helfrich to really say we're a legitimate top 15 team. To do so, they got to beat Stanford. And here's the thing. A lot of pressure on Cristobal. Because, I mean, you watch that matchup against Boise State in a month of preparation when Taggart left to Florida State, did not have that team prepared against Boise State. The bowl that, game you're talking it, about. Yeah, and Herbert yeah. came back for that matchup. So this is a, a, an intriguing game for me because I really think Mario Cristobal is a, a solid head coach. Thought he should never have gotten fired when they uh, allowed him to be released and went with Ron Turner, who never won a big game uh, ever, uh, you know, for the most NFL part. NFL or college. He had, he had Kirk yeah. Hittner and and, uh, and Ty Douthard back in the day. Kirk Hittner and Rocky Harvey. At back Illinois. In the, at, at Illinois, Illinois yeah. and they lost to, remember, Rowan Davey and Josh Reed when they put up like 53 on. Yeah, the bowl game against yeah. LSU, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah that was it. But, but that was back in the day. So he should have never lost his job. He built that program no, up. No, but he now has a chance yeah. to prove himself to an entire country that he is. You know, a rising. He's still a young coach. Yes. You know, former former Miami Hurricane offensive lineman has a bright future ahead of him. Now is his opportunity. Go beat Stanford. Listen, I'm not saying Stanford's elite. Stanford's not at the no. level of Washington, but they are still one of the top dozen, maybe 15 teams in the country. Now, if you want to make a case about Oregon, a couple of things to keep in mind for Stanford. First road game of the season. Yeah, going to a very tough spot. It's going to be at Outson Stadium. You know, you know that the Outson Zoo uh, is always. I'm sure they haven't said it. But I'm sure there's going to be like some, Turk, they're going to have some crazy uniform for tonight. Well, they always do. Yeah, but yeah. I'm saying they, yeah. they, they probably have an unveiled. Designed specifically yeah, for Stanford. Stanford, you know, something The other crazy. thing to keep in mind, not suggesting look ahead. This game's too big for no, Stanford. But next week you do have the trip to Notre Dame, which is going to be very yes. difficult for Stanford. Oh, they, so, right. you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying they're looking ahead. You no, got no. to beat Oregon if you want yeah. to compete in the Pac-12. But I think this is a fascinating game. So, again, you know, we opened the show by saying some people are saying not a lot of marquee games, yeah. but the Wisconsin-Iowas, the the Oregon-Stanford, those those kinds of night games are fantastic. Quick updates, Rich. Seven apiece in Boston College, uh, Purdue. Seven apiece, Drew Locke and, and uh, Larry Roundtree scored. Seven up there. No bad weather in Columbia, Missouri. 20 to nothing, Michigan up on Nebraska. Notre Dame just pounded it in 7-3 over Wake Forest, and Buffalo added another score. Wow. 14-3 over Rutgers on the road, nonetheless. How bad? And, and somebody put this out in Vegas. The first time that Buffalo or a, a MAC team was favored over a Big Ten team, 2005. Wow. And they were six, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Chris Ash and Rutgers better need to get off the mat and win this matchup a little bit later uh, as the second half progresses. But they're getting blown out right now, so we'll see how that game plays out. And keep in mind as well, when you look at Oregon establishing the run, Mario Cristobal, offensive line coach at Alabama, does that bring a physicality in this matchup? We'll see uh, how that game plays out. It's an 8 o'clock kick, right? 8 o'clock on the ABC? Yep. 
another one that I do want to talk about. Uh, South Carolina Vandy. Yeah, South, South Carolina, Carolina has Vandy. won nine straight in the series. Yeah. Real quick, Joe. I will say they will make it ten. Really? Yeah, very competitive game. I think these teams are similar. They have veteran savvy quarterbacks, solid underrated defenses, defensive-minded coaches and Derek Mason and Will Muschamp. I think this is a close competitive game, but I think we'll see South Carolina get out of there with a victory. I think it'll be a quality, low-scoring game. Yeah, I, I think anywhere from 7 to 10. They're laying like 2.5. I, I like Bentley over Shermer here, and I like Will Muschamp. I like South Carolina. Do you? Yeah. Well, I do, too. Yeah, okay. yeah, they're going to yeah. cover, but they had an extra week of preparation yes. as well, so we'll see yeah. how that game plays out. It is a, a 7 o'clock kick. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello coming right back. Keep it where it is. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Lisi and Rich Sermonello back on College Football Today, brought to you by BetDSI. It's that time of the show for best bets of the day. Going to get right into mine. Two are actually a bunch of, are underway for me, but I like Missouri plus the 14 and a half over Georgia. Uh, I think they're moving the football. I like what I see right now. Seven apiece in Columbia. I took Louisville plus the five. No score as that game is just underway. Notre Dame and Ian Book up to a 7-3 lead over Wake Forest. I love Texas here getting the two and a half, getting the three. Also took them plus 135 and plus 150 on the money line. Think they get the win over TCU and Gary Patterson. I look for Oklahoma State. That's won nine straight. Over Texas Tech, yes, nine straight. They've won the last five by 10.6 points per game. They dominate with a 28-point win over the Red Raiders later today. I'm looking for Clemson to win, but very close. Georgia Tech, this is their bowl game. They keep it within the 16-and-a-half, 17 points later today. And I like Purdue plus the seven points at home over Boston College. They're tied at seven apiece. Yeah, I have a more abbreviated list of uh, best bets for today. The one that has kicked off, I'm opposite Joe. I have Georgia. That one obviously started in his 7-7. I'm also opposite Joe on Texas TCU. I, I really like the Horned Frogs in this game. I think they're just a more complete team. Offense, defense, special teams, speed, speed, speed. They're faster than Texas on both sides of the ball. So I think Texas's uh, excitement is fleeting off of last week's win against USC. I'm going to go off the uh, top 25 slate and say Marshall the thundering herd did not play last week neither did North Carolina State uh, the game is in Huntington they'll be fired up to be hosting an ACC team how about this the last six times that Marshall was an underdog they have covered all six including three upsets I think they get the upset here I have a healthy amount of respect for Ryan Finley the Wolfpack quarterback but Isaiah Green the young quarterback for Marshall is playing well and the difference for me Joe Marshall has a better defense than NC State. NC State is struggling from all of the losses they had to the NFL along the defensive line. So a fired-up Marshall getting an outright upset, uh, plus six and a half. 
Uh, Texas A&M, I'm going to roll the dice here. You know, I watched that Clemson game like everybody did very closely. They competed. They went toe-to-toe with Kellen Mond, defensively played pretty well, darn near beat Clemson, almost took that game to overtime before losing 28-26. to I know it's Alabama, and it's hard to, to take points against Alabama regardless of the number, but 27, I've seen as high as 27.5. I'll take Texas A&M in those points uh, to cover that. And finally... How about East Carolina? Not a team we talk about much. (laughs) Why are we talking about East Carolina? Because I like them getting 21 and a half. South Florida coming back uh, off of consecutive emotional victories. Georgia Tech, they rally to win. Illinois, they rally to win. East Carolina very quietly. They struggled in the opener, but then they came back and blew out North Carolina. I'm going to gamble on the fact that East Carolina is heading in the right direction, getting 21 and a half. They beat North Carolina 40. You're making a weird face there. Uh, they, they, they beat North Carolina 41 to 19. They did. Now with a week off to prepare, Reed Herring, their quarterback. I think they stay in this long enough to cover that number. 21 and a half is too high. Take the ECU Pirates. Yeah, I don't have a feel on that game. I'll just say I think maybe Illinois, we misgaged a little bit. They competed with Penn State for about three and a half quarters. So that that game with South Florida maybe was a little misleading in terms of that regard. So I don't really have an opinion on that ball game. I'll, I'll get into two games that are sort of intriguing to me um, right away. But no Max special today. No, not Mac, but actually I should really rename that. It's not the Mac special. It's more of the, the, it's the group of five special. Okay. And the group of five special today, two of them, Marshall and East Carolina. And East Carolina. I wish we would have given out uh, Akron, but I'm rooting for them. So that I just, I, I, that would be, let me just say this off record before we go. Well, it would be on record because I think the on cameras record, are still off, rolling, off, actually. I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but if, you Ter- have time, go if Terry Bowden, Pulls off back-to-back wins over Northwestern and Iowa State on the Joe road. will shave his head. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, this this team was given four wins by Vegas at the start of the year. Everybody underestimates Terry's team. I, I, they, they always outplay the experts. It's Four wins. I mean, they, this, were, this was a bowl the team last East, year. They, were the, the they won the division. They won the division over Iowa. Yeah. I, I mean... You know, no Chuck Amato, but still, I mean, this they're coaching the talent up there. I'm rooting for them. I know Matt Campbell's a great head coach. I was on Iowa State last week, but I would love to see Coach Bowden and Akron pull off this upset. Uh, they're underway in the first quarter, 7 nothing. Akron over Iowa State as 18 and a half, 19 points. No under. respect, even after beating Northwestern last week. Well, but they did it on turnovers. They did it on turnovers. They did it on turnovers, but that sort of is the blueprint for Akron. I mean, Alvin Davis had yeah. two pick sixes in the second half to, to deliver the upset. Yeah, they don't go toe-to-toe, man for man. They're not going to play with a Big Ten team like Northwestern, but they find a way. They create money plays. Yeah, here's a, a couple of questions uh, that we'll get into. I mean, I have no feel on this game with Central Michigan and John Bonham. Amigo Maine as underdogs, as a live dog against Central Michigan. It's a possibility. Uh, again, Central Michigan hasn't lived up to expectations this year, especially that they're getting mediocre quarterback play. But I can't back Maine in, in any capacity in this matchup. Even though our buddy Ralph Vidiello's son is a tight end for Maine? Does, the, does that mean if I have to put money down on the <laughs> No, <line? laughs> I wouldn't bet money because of that, no. <laughs> so we'll say I can't take Maine in that capacity. Even no, nor would Yellow, I. I mean, from Boston College, great tight end. Yeah, so. very good tight end. Joe, Joe Vidiello. Well. Yep. Um, uh, Oregon State impressed me in the yeah. road loss against Nevada last week. They were getting five and a half, six. They lost that, had an opportunity to kick a field goal. They did not do it. But here comes Kevin Sumlin in Arizona again. 
Orval is a very difficult place to play. You know it as well as I do, but the kids are fighting for Jonathan Smith. I'm not so sold that this team is all in with Kevin Sumlin here. No, that's a great point. I, I think you have different mindsets in this game. Oregon State didn't have high expectations heading into this season, so they're store, they're they're kind of the little engine that could. They're they're beginning to, you know, every Pac-12 victory is a big deal. Expectations were low, so there's still a lot of excitement. Jamar Jefferson, uh, true freshman running back, had over 200 yards two weeks ago. He's someone they'll build that offense around, along with Jake Luton. Uh, Arizona, I'm not sold. I mean, so they got back off the mat against what? Southern Utah last Barely, week? though. They, I mean, who I mean, cares? They Ar- Arizona is the opposite mindset. Arizona came into this season thinking they were going to win the Pac-12 South, and they've been awful oh. in the month of September. So now they have to go to Corvallis. I think this is a team that could be ripe for an upset. If you're suggesting that Oregon State could cover and hang with Arizona, I agree with you. Well, here's an, the late-night special, like Gabe likes to say, the bailout special. I watched San Diego State, and I watched the offensive line play last week, and I was, again, I watched it over and over and over again. I watched Juwan Washington. I watched Jasmine, the backup, run all over a very athletic Arizona State defense, but it was because of the physicality at the point of attack by the guards, by the tackles, kicking out. Now they face a MAC team in Eastern Michigan, and Rich was all over them two weeks ago as 14-point dogs. They got the victory over David Blau, and the crew won that matchup 21-19. to Rich, three straight road games for Eastern Michigan. Now they're going cross-country, for the most part, from Michigan to San Diego. Yeah, They're catching 13. They might play a quarter. Again, I'm not betting against Rocky Long and San Diego State. I don't care if Chapman plays or doesn't play. It's the offensive line to me, and more importantly, that front seven the that defense. can bring it. Yeah. I think they wear them down, and I think they win this ball game. Honestly, twenty-eight to thirty points. Yeah, it's possible. I haven't, you know, since that Purdue game with Eastern Michigan, I've sort of gotten off EMU, and now you're right. They got to go out to uh, to the Mesa to face San Diego State. Any kind of a letdown for San Diego State after Maybe. the big win against Arizona Possibly, State? But this now they're a- hosting a middling MAC team. Yeah. I, one thing about EMU, and I said it a couple of weeks ago. Tyler Wiegers, their yeah. quarterback from Iowa, is playing pretty well for the offense. And their bookend, which a lot of folks I realize won't pay attention to, Jeremiah Harris, Max Crosby, one of the better bookends among group of five teams. So that's something, if it is Ryan Agnew under center for San Diego it State, is. that's something he'll have yeah. to contend with. Well, here's the thing. Wiegers is the former Iowa backup. Right. So Nathan Stanley won that job. He transferred to Eastern Michigan. But Eastern Michigan allowing 230 Rushing yards per game, Purdue. Ooh, that's a problem. But, but it's a different rushing offense, Purdue, and a lot more. You're, you're spreading them out. Now you're going to face a, a, a heavy type of offensive formation. Let's see if you can man up on each and every play as we just run it and run it and run it. And I, that's where I think San Diego State, I mean, if you could pound the rock on Arizona State's defense that held Michigan State to around 50 yards rushing in that battle, I mean, you're doing a fantastic job. Now you get an undersized Mac front. I think San Diego State rolls in that ballgame 28-30. to 30 Joe, late, let me, let me throw tonight. one out to you. Like the one SEC game we haven't talked to because, you know, Arkansas hasn't really given us a lot of reason to talk about them. But did you expect to see the Razorbacks before the season began being a 29-point underdog to anyone? But they've been that I, bad I picked, against I picked Auburn. I picked Auburn last night when I did the radio in Vegas. I, I could see this game. Would it shock you? Two years ago in Jordan Hare, they put up 500 rushing yards on that defense. That's when Brett Bielma was there. Yeah. So that 
They're not living up in terms of a physicality under Chad Morris. No, and they have a quality would, offensive I would, line. I, yeah, but it's a different scheme. We said yeah. that. You know, yeah, you're, yeah. Go, you're going from same thing that Minnesota did, pro style to now more of an up tempo type of attack. They might have. They might look the part from a physical perspective, but from a conditioning perspective, you're yeah. talking about guys 6'7", 340, 350. Apples on, and oranges to know, what they're used to. You need a more athletic type yeah, of yeah. offense alignment. It's going to take them a couple of years to get that. Yeah, I, I believe in Chad Morris. He doesn't have the personnel this season. We've seen it uh, week after week. I mean, they've been hammered. They blew that game against Colorado State. And then who was it last week? Auburn? Oh, North uh, Texas. North Texas. 44. North Texas. I mean, they got I mean, they, they, out Yeah, they got, they got destroyed by North Texas. I love North Texas and what Seth Luttrell is doing yeah. and Mason Fine. Mason Fine, geez, very At home to lose that bad to a Conference USA team. So Auburn might be able to name their number. What I'll be looking for in that game is, you know, Jared Stidham, the quarterback from Auburn, has not been able to break out part of it due to the fact that he's had to face LSU and, and Washington. This is his opportunity. If you're going to get back on track, Jarrett Stidham, this is the week you, you'll have a chance to do it. Yeah, I just want to run through a couple of scores. Uh, Georgia up 10-7 on Missouri right now. You look at Purdue and Boston College. Purdue missed a field goal, uh, extra point, up 13-7 on BC. Interesting. Michigan 23 and nothing now on Adrian Martinez. Notre Dame up 7-6, but has a fourth and uh, one on Wake's three-yard line. Is, wish, is Michigan gaining that momentum, Joe? I think they are. Yeah, because some of it's just confidence. We know they have talent. Talent is not the issue for, for Michigan. But after that tough loss in the opener to Notre Dame, did they just need to kind of get on a little bit of a roll? The defense is dominant. They have just a fantastic defense from front to back. Shea Patterson in his first season since transferring over from Ole Miss. You got Karan Higdon, Chris Evans in the backfield. Peoples Jones Jones, uh, on the outside at wide receiver. I had always talked about the fact that that offensive line, which was so dismal last year, really needs to play at a different level in 2018. But I wonder with the schedule softening since that week one game in South Bend, if Michigan is gaining a head of steam that they could take into October and really begin to contend in the Big Ten. I couldn't agree. Now, I picked them as a dark horse. I picked them as one of my four teams. Schedule-wise, Rich, Nebraska, Northwestern, Maryland, then the three games that make their season. Wisconsin, Michigan State, Penn State. That's it right there before Ohio State. So that three-game stretch in October is really going to dictate. And I'll say this about Jay Patterson as well. We said it. He went from a five-wide type of scheme without a tight end, without playing in a pro-style offense. He's acclimated now. So as long as that offensive line plays, I agree with you in terms of uh, – Michigan just being a dominant force within the conference. We'll see how that game plays out uh, in the second half. Here's one more that I I do want to touch on. Uh, Somebody's asking Arizona State and Washington. I look for Washington to dominate. Arizona State allowed 311 on the ground to to San Diego State, but one of our viewers did want to get your take on it. You must have missed uh, the take earlier on about yeah, Arizona State. Yeah, my, my thought is this. I think it's an overreaction to Arizona State's play last week against San Diego State. Washington is the class of the Pac-12, but they have not been pristine in the first three games. Jake Browning has been average. Miles Gaskin hasn't really been cut loose, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that the Washington offensive line has been okay. They've been pedestrian through the first three weeks. Now, I'm not expecting Arizona State to get the upset, but let's look at the history, too. 
10 of the last 11 games, Arizona State has beaten Washington. I think you had said a dozen straight dozen covers, straight. which is just astonishing. So Arizona State has had the number of Washington, pulled the upset last year 13-7. to They've got the big wide receiver in Nikhil Harry. So although I don't expect it to be an upset, Joe, 17.5 for a pretty good, I would say, top 45 Arizona State team. That's a heck of a lot of points. I would be inclined to take the points. Well, here's one that I'm just going to throw out. The over in Wisconsin, Iowa's 42. I mean, I know why it's that low. Two top 10 defenses right. in terms of statistics. This is a must-win game for both teams. I mean, they're going to look to score. I know traditionally games are very low scoring in Kinnick Stadium. You look at 21-19 last year against Penn State. The year that they beat Michigan was an under. Uh, something tells me the over here. Let me, let me ask you something. Let me ask you a personal gambling question. Yeah. Do you enjoy betting under over? See, I don't. No. Only because I can't it's, take it's an too under. fluky. I can't take know? an under. I can't. I can't. Yeah, I mean, know, you know, I there's so many it. things that could be factors. The turnover, yeah. special teams, weather, injuries. I mean, to me, it's, it's and so. The play, let's I, not forget the overtime. I feel overtime. I feel more confident betting a team that I'm favoring as opposed to an under and over. Yeah. Quick, uh, quick rundown, Buffalo blowing out Rutgers 21 And by the way, six. Rutgers lost last week to Kansas 55-14, to so tough times to in Piscataway. Uh, quick update, Georgia up 13-7 on Missouri. Notre Dame up Not four- getting into the end zone, Notre Georgia. Dame that would be a concern 14, of mine. Notre Dame up 14-6 to on Wake. Just to give a quick update about Book, because I'm curious to see if he did, in fact, start Ian Book. Could be the starter moving forward against uh, Stanford. 14 of 18, 116 yards, one touchdown. And to your point, you asked the question when we were breaking down Wake Forest, Notre Dame. Will Brian Kelly kind of open up the playing book to looks like uh, he has to the playbook to sort of accentuate the talents of Ian Book? Yeah. And it looks like he has done that. Notre Dame, we're not used to passing as much as that 18 times. Hartman struggling. I mean, he completed about 56% of his passes heading into this. He's only four of 10 for Notre Dame defense yards. has been outstanding so far this year. For all of the close calls, D has yeah. played very well. If you well. could take away Greg Dortch as well, I mean, from an outside perspective. The kid Sage Surratt, big wide receivers, yeah, look pretty big. good. He's, true freshman. Yes, true freshman. Speed, though, not elite speed. No. He's no. more of a possession type of receiver that you utilize on third down. I'm curious to see how this Clemson game does play out with Dabo Sweeney. If you had to name one team, I want to say top 10 team that's on the hot seat, pressure cooker. Like, you know, this is a must-win you, you have, for, for this weekend, for this weekend right now, is it is it Clemson? Is it Alabama? Is it? Who, who, well, I, I think any any Ohio top, State. Well, Ohio State, State faces Tulane. I, I wouldn't say hot seat, but I, I hot seat is the wrong way to put it. I I want to see LSU play with the same intensity they did in the big games. Uh-huh. I, I do. I want to see LSU play. If LSU just takes Louisiana Tech behind the woodshed, that'll be really yeah. impressive to me because after the Auburn win last week. The big Miami victory in week one. I want to see Ed Orgeron keep these kids motivated in the games they should win. That'll be a real statement yeah. for LSU if and they let's do not it. forget, LSU still has to play Alabama, Mississippi State, not, and Georgia. Not going to be easy for the LSU Tigers. Ole as Miss they next weekend would yeah. be interesting. Yeah, yeah. He's going to cha- challenge everyone. For Rich Sermonello and Gabe Morenci, I'm Joe Lisi. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games. We'll see you next Saturday at 10 o'clock. Have a great weekend, everyone.